Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Breaking the grip of anxiety. How many of you know that if we walk with anxiety, it puts a grip on us? Let's get a definition of anxiety. Anxiety is a, a troubling and uneasy uh, sense that um, disturbs our sense of peace. Peace is the presence of order in our mind. And uh, when order in our mind is troubled, there's an uneasiness. And uh, it's kind of a floating sense of unrest, a floating sense of unrest because there is a underlying um, anticipation of an, yeah, that's it right there. It is an underlying anticipation of an undesired result. It is an underlying anticipation of something you don't want to happen. And it makes you uneasy. It disturbs your peace. It's anxiety, a troubling. And all of us have experienced that. And it is so easy to experience anxiety. All it takes is a word, a thought, an imagination, a feeling. Anxiety can come in a door of a thought, of something that you see or hear, a floating sense of unrest. And um, through the Apostle Paul, under the anointing of the, the Holy Spirit, God has given us a way to fight back against this enemy called anxiety. In chapter 4, begin with verse 4. Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord when? How much does always take in? Is there anything left out of always? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, in case you didn't hear me, he says, I will say it again. Rejoice. Well, what does it mean to rejoice? He's not talking about some giddy sense of euphoria, he's talking about to reconnect with the joy that's already in you through Jesus Christ. When you received Him as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of you, and one of the fruits of the life of the Holy Spirit is joy. So to rejoice means to reconnect with joy. Joy is not an emotion, it's not a feeling. Joy is a spiritual force. It is a fruit of the Spirit. Dina has a saying that I believe is right out of the Word, and that is that joy is not a feeling. It is, it is associated with your strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength, the Scripture says. 
If you didn't have any joy, you couldn't have gotten through where you've already been through, and you won't get through what you're about to go through. But you do have joy. It's on the inside of you, and it will be your strength. It is not a feeling nor an emotion. It is a spiritual force that is associated with hope that, uh, that call, uh, enables you to go on when all of your circumstances and feelings are not lining up the way you want them to. So what is the, what is the background of what Paul says here? Remember, if <clears throat> Paul was in jail when he wrote this to the Philippian believers. In AD 51, he and others, along uh, his helpers, had come into a little place called Philippi. And um, the Lord wanted them to start a church. But you know, Jeff, the Lord has ways of doing things that none of us would have ever thought of. So to start the church, the Lord introduced Paul and his associates to a businesswoman named Lydia who, was, who had a fabric business. She was a seller of purple. And she had a group of friends, all women, who met beside a river at, to discuss the scriptures and to pray. They weren't preachers. They weren't bigwigs in the local um, uh, faith group. They just got together among themselves, this little group of women, and the Lord led Paul and his associates to go meet with them. And they begin to listen to the mighty anointed word of God through the apostle. And their lives begin to really take in what the Lord had sent through the apostle Paul and his associates. And uh, you can read about this in Acts 16, by the way. And um, after one of their meetings, they were going back into the town. And there was a young woman who was demon-possessed. And she kept on causing havoc in Paul's uh, trying to minister the Word of God. She would scream out and, and make all kinds of, uh, under the influence of a demon. And um, it got to where it irritated Paul. And after he had been patient and loving, um, he spoke the Word. He didn't throw her down on the ground. He just spoke a word of authority, and the demon left under the authority of the name and the word of the Lord. Well, she was a fortune teller, giving information provided to her by the atmospheric demons, and um, she was making money for a group of, of guys there in, in Philippi, and they were not happy about what the loss of their income. How many of you know people get mad and get upset about the loss of money a lot? So nothing's changed, right? So he was, uh, Paul and his associates, primarily Silas, were brought before a Roman um, uh, noble there. And they were beaten severely and placed in prison. And you remember the Bible says there in uh, Acts 16, you learned this as a child, 
that at midnight, Paul and Silas began to cry out and say, God, why would you let this happen to us? <coughs> they began to turn their back on the Lord. No! At midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray and sing praises. They began to worship and pray. And that began to turn the, the atmosphere in the spirit. And the Bible says that the Lord sent an earthquake to shake that prison and loose them from their bonds. And um, the prisoner, I, I mean the prison keeper, who would have lost his life had any of the prisoners escaped, was about to kill himself when Paul walked in and said, Do, do yourself no harm. We're all here. We're not going anywhere. That man got saved that night, and the Bible says that Paul and Silas led his whole family to the Lord. So here's a question for you. If you were going to start a church, would you look for a little band of women over there by the riverbank? Would you bring in a formerly demon-possessed young lady who were, was telling uh, <laughs> fortunes for a living? Would you have brought in a, a, a man who one minute was just an absolute non-believer who was pagan, who got saved by a mighty act of God? Here's what I'm trying to tell you. God's telling a story through things that sometimes don't make sense to you. But now listen, listen. That was around 51 A.D. And now around 61 A.D., you are reading what was written. About 10 years later, Paul has been imprisoned again. He was falsely accused. Listen, we can be falsely accused, but we don't have to go through anything like our Lord and his apostles have gone through. But it's good for us to know that they can help us when we go through it. But I want to call your attention to chapter 1 of, of this wonderful book of Philippians. And I want to show you just one verse here. Oh boy, this is powerful. Verse 12. <clears throat> Out of prison he says, I want you to know, brethren, that the things which have happened to me, my false imprisonment, all, the, all the, the things that have been done and the shame and all the accusations, all those things have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So that it has become evident, listen to this, that the whole palace guard, we're talking about in Rome, the whole palace guard... And all the rest have come to know that my chains are in Christ. In other words, they've got me chained here. I'm imprisoned. It is not right. But I want you to know that God is working on something in my pain. And most of the brethren in the Lord 
having become confident by my chains, are more bold to speak the word without fear. You know what he's saying? People who are in the, outside of the Lord are hearing about Jesus. And those who are in the Lord are getting more boldness and confidence and more bold to speak the word without fear because they see that there is a holy boldness on me. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. When you are at your lowest, you can be at your greatest point of ministry. Do you know that people will listen to you when your life circumstances stink? They will listen to you more then than they will when things are going swell. With every testimony, there has been a test. And Paul is saying, what all this stuff that has happened to me have actually turned out for the glory of God. Can you say whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Can you say, regardless of the way my life looks right now, God is telling a story that will bring him glory. Amen. It's out of our mess that God brings ministry. It's out of our test that God brings a testimony. He says rejoice in the Lord. Reconnect with your joy in the Lord. Not in circumstances, not in other people. Rejoice, reconnect with your relationship with the source of joy, and it's the Lord. Verse 5, let your gentleness be known to all men, the Lord is at hand. You know, gentleness is not something we talk very much about. If you look at Galatians chapter 5, you'll see that gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. There in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, I got it for you on your outline Gentleness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Let your gentle what is gentleness? Gentleness is strength under control. Gentleness is strength under control. It is self-control at its highest uh, highest level. Gentleness it is a strength. Gentleness is strength under control. And let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Now Paul is, is, is writing here out of his own circumstances. So, see, he could say, this is not fair, it's not right, I gave my life to serve the Lord, I've been... I've been falsely accused, all this, 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 and this. It's not right. And it looks like I am on my way to my own demise. This was around 61 A.D., and uh, Nero had him uh, killed about 67 or 68 A.D. So... What Paul is saying here is, don't forget this, the Lord is at hand. What does that mean? 
Everybody say this with me. Right here. Right now. That's what at hand means. If you want to be free of anxiety, you've got to learn to reconnect with the source of your joy. What does that mean? You've got to disconnect from being so self-absorbed that everything is about you. You will have anxiety big time if you're self-absorbed. What he's saying here is reconnect with the true source of your joy. Let your under-controlled spirit be made known to all men. The Lord is right here, right now. So when this happened to you, what if you practiced the presence of the Lord? Wait a minute. The Lord is right here, right now. You get that phone call? You get that message? You read that social media? You see this on TV? Wait now. What? Whoa, whoa. The Lord is right here, right now. You think that would make a difference? The Lord is right here, right now. Reconnect with your joy. Lord, my circumstances may stink, but you are on the inside of me. You are my Lord. You are greater than these circumstances. I rejoice in you. Thank you for the joy of un- unbroken fellowship with you. And I want to thank you that you are right here, right now. If I practiced the presence of the Lord, would it make a difference in how I respond to my circumstances? Lord, you are right here, right now. Would it make a difference in the words that come out of my mouth? Right here, right now. Would it begin to mitigate my emotions if I were to remember, wait, you're right here, right now. So breaking the grip of anxiety, we reconnect with the joy of the Lord. We remember and practice the present. Wait, you're right here, right now. And then verse 6, be anxious for nothing. How many things are in nothing? What does the Lord tell me to be worried and anxious about? How many things does the Lord say that I need to have a floating sense of unrest, a troubling? How, how many of those things do I should wait? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. In other words, you say no to anxiety, and yes to prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. See, it's not just, don't do that, it's, don't do that, do this. Don't be anxious, but get involved in prayer and supplication. Supplication is passionate prayer with with. A promise involved. Passionate prayer with a promise involved. God, I know that you are in control. I'm not. I know that you love me and that you know everything there is to know about me. I know you know every time a bird falls across the universe, how much more do you care for me? 
Lord, I know that you meet all my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus, and you're not broke. God, I thank you, and I thank you, and I refuse to be anxious about what I see, what I feel, what I hear. I refuse to be anxious about that in Jesus' name. Turn the hearts and the minds of the decision makers of this country, of this state, of this city. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I refuse to be anxious. I will be a man or a woman that, that, that is telling a story that brings God glory. If I allow anxiety, I am disobeying the Word of God. Well, that's a tough one, isn't it? If I allow this floating sense of unrest, of troubling, if I allow my mind to constantly be moved off and to be carried away from the, from the very presence of the Lord, if I refuse, you know, the Scripture says pray about everything. Are we, are, how are we doing on that? People say, oh, you're just overboard. No, that's what the Word of God, pray, pray about everything. Commit it to prayer. Amen. Listen, saints, you can do this. But it requires, remember what Pastor Jeremiah um, gave us last week? You remember that one of the last things he said was, and he read a quote from T.L. Osborne, about you got to get your will involved. You can't just not. You can't just surrender your will and put it in neutral. This, this, listen. To be anxious for nothing, but instead in everything by prayer and supplication, you got to exert your will. It's something we have to involve ourselves with. So it's not something not to do only. It's something not to do and to do. Let your requests be made known to God. How are you doing with that? I've heard people say, oh, I don't ever do that, Pastor. Oh, I, I, that's presumption. I don't ever do that. God knows what I want and need. I'm not going to. That is an arrogant statement. The Word of God says right here, that one of the ways you break the grip of anxiety is you bring your request before the very throne of God. You say, well, I'm afraid I'll ask for the wrong thing. You don't have to worry about that. He gets asked for the wrong things all the time. You cannot tell me that you've never asked for the wrong thing. I'll have both hands in the air on that one. You know the old saying on sports TV now, upon further review, <laughs> upon further review, I've asked for the wrong things many times, hadn't you? But thank God for His grace. He don't spit you out because of that. He says, come on in and give thanks and let your request be made known. You know, one of the reasons we don't see God move mightily is because our asker is broken. You do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask. Come bold. I'm afraid I'll ask for the wrong thing. Get over your fear. You will ask for the wrong thing. 
but say, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. You told me to let my request be made known. Here it is. Here it is. Make adjustments anywhere you want, but here is my request. You're not going to receive if you don't ask. I like this command right here. To come on in and ask. And notice when we reconnect with our joy, when we allow the, the, the presence of the Lord, our under control spirit, the fruit of the spirit of gentleness, not to, not to give anger for anger, but we allow the Holy Spirit to, 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 re, to remind us the Lord is right here right now. And if we refuse to be, you've got to exert your will. I, I'm not going to worry about that. I refuse to worry about that. Instead, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray earnestly, and I'm going to pray passionately with thanksgiving, and I'm just going to pour out my heart before the Lord and let Him know what I'm requesting. Verse 7 says, when you do all that, the peace of God. The peace of God. How many of you know you can't put a price tag on the peace of God? It is priceless. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. In other words, it doesn't make any human sense for you to have that kind of peace in the situation you're in. How many of you know we're only here for a short time and our purpose here is to bring glory and honor and praise to our Creator and our Redeemer? So remember that whenever you're in situations that look like and feel like they're never going to end, remember this, cooperate with the Lord right here, and remember God is telling a story. And you have an opportunity to do what Paul did, and that is God will use you right where you are. And I want to tell you something. If you're in a place of pain right now, God will use you to reach some people who wouldn't listen to you before. You know, I'm not saying we ought to go out there and try to find pain. This is a broken world, my friend. This is a broken world. But God has an opportunity to tell a great story of His goodness and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, but watch this, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The word guard there means stand as a soldier. Paul was constantly seeing Roman soldiers by his cell. He constantly saw Roman soldiers protecting the emperor. And they were well armed and they were standing guard, standing guard. Look at this beautiful promise right here. If we will rejoice in the Lord, if we'll remind ourselves the Lord is right here right now and walk in that gentleness, if we will refuse anxiety and with thanksgiving, uh, through prayer and supplication, the peace of God, the priceless peace of God will stand guard 
over our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Did you see that? He will stand guard over your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Peace of God breaks the grip of anxiety. Peace of God. Lord, how we praise you and thank you for your holy and mighty word. You don't know what a blessing that you are to Dina and me, to your pastors. And thank you. I know that we hadn't had a a four-Sunday month in a long time. Thank all of you for remembering that. We'll uh, see you again in two. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.